the honest truth here is that when you look at your life and you look back on what you've done, you're always going to regret failing to act than taking action and having things not go as you planned. Welcome to Starve the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. This show is for individuals who have found and are sharing what they were born to do. But they run into the resistance that everyone faces. On this podcast, I'm fortunate to learn from entrepreneurs who have starved the doubts, moved into self-confidence, and are making their dreams, their business, and their passions a reality. You can do it too. My guest today is Steve Ulsher, author of the new book, What Is Your What? Let's kick off with the interview, and don't forget to stick around to the end to hear a big announcement. Steve Ulsher is America's reinvention expert. He's the author of the new book, What Is Your What? Steve helps people discover the one amazing thing that they were born to do. He has also written the popular books, Internet Profits and Journey to You. Steve starred in the film, The Keeper of the Key. You have done a lot of really cool things, Steve. But let's talk a little bit about your new book. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, Before we get to your book, I always like to ask people on the show, what is the best concert that you have ever been to? Oh, that's a no-brainer. I've got Let Love Rule tattooed on my arm. I'm a, I'm a Lenny Kravitz <laughs> addict. So, I mean, anytime <laughs> Lenny comes anywhere near the place, I stalk him. And, uh, oh, man. As a matter of fact, my wife, she's thoroughly convinced that if, if Lenny ever asked, I would I would absolutely leave her for him. So, you know, there's uh, there's no doubt about that. But, yeah, no no doubt. And I can't name a particular concert because if you've ever seen him live, I mean, the, the, he just rocks it out. Well, I was, I'm very close to getting a Are You Gonna Go My Way tattoo myself, so <laughs> how funny. Yeah, right, so there you go. <laughs> well, I figured it was either Lenny Kravitz or Lady Gaga, so it's it's nice to know that Lenny Kravitz is up there. Yeah, well, given the choices. <laughs> <laughs> understand. Do you have a favorite song other than the tattoo, of course? It's hard to get off of his first album, which is, of course, Love, Love Rule. And from my perspective, there's there's just no better song than rosemary mm. i don't uh, i don't know if you know it or not but it's a deep soulful song let's do a little blank versus blank and the first one is let's talk family fun dinner by candlelight versus attending the world's fair of money Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> Have you been stalking my uh, <laughs> my Facebook page? <laughs> you know, I actually kind of dug on the World's Fair of Money. It was pretty amazing to see what, what all was going on there. I mean, we just kind of take it for granted and throw it in and out of our wallets and pockets on a daily basis. But good Lord, there's a whole community around, what do they call it, pneumostatics? Or there's a N-U-M word for it, and I can't remember exactly what it is. But it's the people who study coins and collect coins and you know from my six-year-old my nine-year-old it was just it was pretty cool for them to check it out and just see all the different currencies and you know honestly a lot of it's art so it's just pretty cool how so many people in, in, in the different countries absolutely relish their their currency and make it look pretty amazing 
Uh, Steve, I do want to stop there for a quick second. I don't want to get on a major tangent, but I am very impressed with your level of productivity with all the with the book launch and with all the businesses and all the the live events and different things that you're involved in. How do you balance those incredible opportunities, but also be present and spending time with your family? Can I swear? (laughs) (laughs) Reality is that my wife calls my phone and my computer my two whores. So, you know, they're always there and they're <laughs> omnipresent. And, you know, it's, it's, it is tricky. I, I guess I spend a good enough amount of time with the kids, with the, the family to, and, and post enough stuff to make it look like, you know, I'm there all the time. But mm-hmm. reality is that it's hard, man. You know, I, I'd love to spend more time with them. And then I try to, to break away as much as I can. But yeah, there are a lot of moving parts and certainly, I never want to sacrifice my family for for the business, but if you know if if you look at the number of hours in a day and where those hours go, with the exception of a Saturday and Sunday, of course, you know I'm I'm just head down on all this business stuff. I understand, and we are going to talk more about your new book, What Is Your What, and I'm certainly I'm certain so many people that are going to listen to this interview are going to resonate with that because they have these passions and these things that they want to do, but family is so important in, in finding a way to include them in their what. You know, what, what's the solution to that? Maybe we can touch on that in a little bit. But prior to that, let's talk college. Good investment versus bad investment. <laughs> well, you know, man, I have to tell you, it's not necessarily a bad investment if the child is very clear on what it is that they – absolutely want to pursue. The problem is, and the statistics support this, that more than 85% of those who graduate with a four-year degree do not work in their field of study within five years of graduation. So reality is that college has really become this social experiment that clearly isn't working. And all we're doing is taking kids from the sheltered environment of getting the bottle from their mama to the sheltered environment of getting the bottle from the bartender. You know, And reality is that it just isn't working. And from a parental perspective, it is the single worst investment that a parent can make. Mm. Failure. Term of ignorance versus success with an intended ending. I love that. Who came up with that? (laughs) (laughs) That guy must be brilliant. He must be. Yeah. Look, and, and failure is one of those things that really just defines so many of us. And it's it hurts when I when I see people, you know, go out on a limb and try something and then it just doesn't come to pass as they'd like it to. And then they almost become gun shy and don't go out on those limbs again. And so part of what I try to teach is that, you know, there really is no such thing as failure. Failure is just one of those terms of ignorance that weak minded people like to throw out at those who dare to soar and attempt to bring them down. So what else can you look at failure as? Well, I, I look at failure as success with an unintended ending. And, you know, that kind of, well, from my, from my experience, that, that kind of takes sort of the, the heaviness, the burden off of what failure really means. It just means everything didn't go exactly as planned. It doesn't mean that you are a failure or that the endeavor was a failure. It just had an unintended ending. Opportunities, chase them versus create them. All day long, you've got to create them, and I'll tell you why. It all really stems from understanding that it is just, it's so easy to be a critic, and it is so hard to be a creator. 
And most people will go through life simply being critics and chasing commodity-driven opportunities. And it has an expiration date. It's just not, it's not a sustainable way of being. And so my challenge to people is to really create opportunities that are based on really what it is that they are compelled to do and how they can impact the world. And in doing so, and this probably will then segue into the conversation about the book, What Is Your What? But in, in, in doing so, you really then understand how you're naturally wired to excel and, and things that you take on when they're guised in, in how your DNA is just naturally structured. It you know, puts you in a, in a much different frame of mind and the impact that you have on the world will truly be yours as opposed to living out the, the dreams, hopes, expectations of, of other people. Mm. Speaking of your what, is that something that you choose versus something that has chosen you? Important distinction. Your what, which is the one thing that you are really born to do, has absolutely chosen you. It is not that which you have chosen. And mm. so it, it's, it oftentimes throws people off track because, again, you kind of go back to the commodity-driven opportunities and, and, and chasing the opportunities. Oftentimes, people chase their, their what. They chase what it is that they feel they're compelled to do as opposed to allowing the process to organically develop and use some of the tools that are available to them to really bring that to the surface. Interesting. Do you feel like some of your ventures, such as real estate, for example, do you feel like that chose you? Uh, no, <laughs> not in the least bit. You know, it was one of those chasing the the opportunity types of endeavors. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I boy, I learned a lot during the process. I certainly learned that I hate most people. You know, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> If you've ever been involved with real estate and certainly in any sort of development, you'll you'll learn quickly that most people suck. You know, all the contractors and I mean, it's just, it's it's the worst way to make a dollar. It's it's hmm. it's painful. But you know, reality is that no, that was that was simply something where I had come out of the dot com crash of '99. We launched on CompuServe's Electronic Mall in 1993. So I mean, I've been on in the online world for 20 years now. Right. And had the S1 filed, ready to go public with uh, with the dot com in uh, late '99, early 2000, and of course everything imploded. And I literally found myself with just absolutely nothing, and needed to get into something. And at that point, the the real estate market was really heating up, and and so that was purely an opportunity. Hmm. Let's do finish this sentence. I'm going to give you the beginning of a sentence, and if you'd be willing to finish it. The first one is, when planning a trip to Punta Cana. <laughs> when planning a trip to Punta Cana, I will have my speech readily prepared and practiced because I will be presenting at Awesomeness Fest, which is Vishen Lakani from Mind Valley, awesome group, his amazing, amazing festival that he does. And so just really honored to, to take this stage there in November. So I will be practicing and having my presentation down pat. <laughs> Next finish the sentence. If all else fails. <laughs> Go grab a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably the stuff that's legal in Colorado. <laughs> Sit by the beach and listen to a little Bob Marley. Take on your inner reggae. You know, you're in a Rasta, 
and uh, and try to connect with what's next because reality is that failure is temporary and we you know we we kick that that horse a little bit don't need to go back through it right you know steve the reason i ask that is i've heard your story about how your friend asked you hey if you don't start your nightclub the funky pickle you know what's the worst thing that could happen and you know you'd end up doing some of the jobs that you were doing at the time Oh, you set them up and I didn't knock them down. Darn it. I forgot that you've been stalking me, and that was definitely out of the story there. So, yes, if all else fails, you can always go back to pumping gas. Thank you. Perfect. In order to concentrate on everything that is right, you got to start concentrating on everything that's wrong because most people just concentrate on everything that's wrong with the world as opposed to everything that's right. And look, life happens. It sucks. Things don't always go to plan. But reality is that day in and day out, what you focus on will really reflect the quality of your existence. Reinventing yourself means to? Well, it really means to become who you inherently are. A lot of people talk about reinvention in terms of shedding the shackles of just sort of changing really everything about you and kind of shedding the shackles of of everything that that's weighing you down but it, it's really not necessarily it's not even about the the shackles as much as it's just kind of stripping down to the essence of of who you are and and becoming who you inherently are as opposed to changing anything about you Steve, you've accomplished a lot since your days before the Funky Pickle, and you mentioned you've been online uh, for over 20 years. I'm curious, how did you starve the doubts to pursue the work that you're passionate about and that is profitable as well? Not easily. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the truth, not easily. And it wasn't until roughly about four and a half years ago now that I became clear that I was, in fact, chasing the opportunity and living my life based on really the almighty dollar and doing whatever I could to create an existence that was a benefit to me and those closest to me, but really no one else. And and it wasn't until I became comfortable, which is so hard to do, but just to become comfortable with the fact that I'm a weird dude, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm not the status quo. I am not set. I, I just, I can't do things like everyone else does. And that makes me an outcast, you know, and and that is the God's honest truth. And until I could really embrace the, that outcast within and know that I'm going to be traveling down the, the path that few choose to embark on, that's when everything really began to shift for me. And the, the honest truth here is that when you look at your life and you look back on what you've done, you're always going to regret failing to act than taking action and having things not go as you planned. I mean, and just, you know, the people talk about you can't take it with you and this, that, and the other. It really boils down to the legacy that you want to leave and the impact that you want to have. And I became clear that the path that I had forged was not uh, going to empower me 
to impact in a, in a meaningful way not only those who share this lifetime with me, but also those of lifetimes to come. Mm. Uh, Steve, what encouragement do you offer to the listeners who have figured out their what, but they're not getting paid yet? Be patient, right? You got to be patient with yourself and you got to be patient with others because when you, when you look at where you are now, if you're fortunate enough to have figured out your what, then you're in that state of transition. And I liken the state of transition to a recipe mixture where right now, a hundred parts of your income might be derived from what it is that you don't want to be doing and zero parts of your income are derived from your what. As soon as you create that first product or service, as soon as you create that first coaching session, as soon as something happens where you begin working with others and get paid for it, that recipe mixture starts to shift. And eventually it'll get to the point where enough of your income is derived from what your what is, and you can really cut that rope. But the the truth of the matter is that for some people that can take a long time. I mean, if you wake up and figure out that your what is to be a neurosurgeon, that's a 16-year transition. So you just can't ever quit your day job until you're ready to do so. And I think people try to rush into it, and they're not ready. And so the main thing is just be realistic about what you need in order to pursue this full time and don't expect it to come. I mean, you can't you can't be Kevin Costner on this stuff, man. It's just it's not going to happen. It will happen over time, but it's not going to happen overnight. In your new book, you discuss the four stages of learning. Would you be willing just to share what stage you're on right now? You know, it's interesting. So the four stages of learning uh, is not my creation. That was created by Dr. Thomas Gordon, who created the Conscious Competence Learning Stages model. Uh, and what I've done is I've adapted his model in in, in a way that's palatable and, and, and in a way that everyone can process through a couple of key exercises. One is called the Vortex of Vulnerability which really helps you understand what works to your detriment. And the other is called the vortex of invincibility, which, which helps you to understand what works to your benefit. And so there's four stages. There's unconscious incompetence, where you're really just unclear in terms of what's going on. You're kind of the caveman, and you just react to life as it happens. And it's automatic. It's instantaneous. And again, you really have no control over it. And the process then moves through what's known as unconscious competence, where you become so adept at certain skills that you appear magical to the rest of the world. And so where I'm at right now is really the state of conscious competence, which is I'm aware of what my strengths are. I'm aware of what my my limitations are. But in order to achieve my desired results, I still have to consciously think about the process. So I'm working my way towards unconscious competence. But I would say right now I'm probably in, in phase three, which, again, is conscious competence. Steve, you've written a few books. What did you learn from writing the Internet Profits and Journey to You books that you were able to apply to your new book, What Is Your What? Well, What Is Your What? Discover the One Amazing Thing that You Were Born to Do is really a, an updated version, if you will, of Journey to You, a step-by-step -step guide to becoming who you were born to be. So that that first book, Journey to You, came out in in 2009. And since that time, I've now worked with thousands of people through the reinvention workshop, both online and in person, to help them become very clear on who they are and what they're compelled to do and help them create that plan of action for bringing it to fruition. So it's really evolved over the past four years, which is why What Is Your What Now has 
uh, has been released because that's really what people are are just they they it resonates very deeply for people the whole concept of having that one amazing thing you were born to do so the framework over the past four and a half years has really evolved and that's what you see in in what is your what internet profits was uh, i mean boy that that was eye-opening for me as someone who had been online for at that point, about 16, 17 years, 18 years, whatever it might have been, and really still not totally understanding and grasping how people just nail this online game. I, I had a chance to interview folks like Mike Phil and Armin Morin and Steve Harrison and Mark Ostrovsky and just a lot of really great folks who just get this stuff. And it's not an anthology, but it is based on those interviews and working alongside them. And so it was just so eye-opening and refreshing to see how 25 thought leaders look at the internet, what they do and how they do it. And now the combination of the two brands of, of what is your what in the reinvention workshop and the internet profits brand really work interchangeably because once you have your what, you need to have the how. How do you share your gift with the world? How do you monetize that gift? And so that's where the internet profits, which uh, for those who don't know it is in internet profits, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. And so they really do work hand in hand. You have the what, and now you have the how. I saw my chance, yeah, I was sure. What is Reinvention Radio? Reinvention Radio is a show that I started a few years back, took a couple years off, and I'm going to be bringing it back on. But it's really all about creating fantastic content, interaction, and engagement among leaders and empowered leaders who are really driven to make a monumental difference. And so when, when the show comes back on, which it will here shortly as, as a podcast is how we're going to relaunch it, we're really going to take on just about uh, everything from education to employment to career and religion, you name it. I mean, it's all about reinventing the status quo. We touched a little bit on live events, and the Internet Profits Live was a big success. And what, what are some of the reasons that the listeners should go ahead and just put that on their calendar and plan to attend that next year? Oh, Internet Profits Live is, is an amazing event. In the first two years that we've done it, we've had people like Joel Kahn, Vishen Lakani, Armin Morin, Mike Vilsame, Jay Conrad Levinson, Larry Wingett, Brendan Burchard, Jason Van Orden, et cetera, should take the stage. And it quickly become one of the go-to events for solopreneurs, small business owners, marketing and IT professionals who need to understand how to best leverage current practices for profiting online. And it's not this high-end type of event where you have to just be a rocket scientist to understand this stuff. I mean, this is... This is really boots on the ground types of, of teaching that anyone can implement. And I think that's part of the reason why it's resonated so deeply. Hmm. When it's all said and done, Steve, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, it's not even about me. I really want to just open up the dialogue about having people understand that there is something that they are naturally wired to do, that their DNA is, is wired to excel in very specific ways. And so my hope is that the, the, the concept, the, the expression of, of what is your what becomes a, a part of, of, our, of our dialect. It becomes a part of our discussions. And my legacy, my hope 
is to impact a million of one, uh, impact a, a minimum of one million people. Uh, to help them discover what their what is, because I know if, if they can go out and, and discover what their what is, they'll inevitably make this world a better place, which will make my world a better place, make my children's world a better place, and will make all of our children's children's world a better place. So it, it's really more about the impact that we can have on generations to come than it is on my personal legacy. Uh, Steve, who is doing something that interests you? Oh, man, are you kidding? Everybody I meet is uh, is an expert in something. So, <laughs> you know, I really do believe that I can learn from anyone. And, you know, there, there's folks, of course, that you see on, on some of the bigger stages, and they're doing some interesting things. But, you know, there, there's people like Johnny Emmerman, who's featured in my book, the new book, What Is Your What?, as one of the case studies, and Johnny is a cancer survivor, and after he survived cancer and he had this huge, wonderful circle of friends and family around him to help him through, he recognized that others who were suffering in the same way didn't have that same sort of support system. So he created a nonprofit called Emmerman Angels, and Emmerman Angels matches cancer sufferers with cancer survivors. And it's just an amazing nonprofit that is doing phenomenal work around the world. So, you know, it's not always the, the, the big stars and celebrities out there that, that people should be enamored with. I mean, it's, it's the guy sitting next to you on the bus. Wow. Uh, Steve, it's been a pleasure to, to talk to you. What is the best place for the listeners to connect with you online and pick up their copy of your new book, What Is Your What? Sure. They can go to whatisyourwhat.com and grab a free hard copy of the book while we're still giving them away and while supplies last. And then if it's not up anymore, you can join the community of people identifying and sharing their what at whatisyourwhat.com. But certainly if you want more information about me, then the best place to go is Steve Olsher. So that's S-T-E-V-E-O-L-S like Sam H-E-R, steveolsher.com. Steve, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Yeah, it's so amazing to see how each of us can contribute to our community, to our environment, to our world in, in very powerful ways. And I just really want you to understand that you are here to do something amazing and don't get caught up in the size of the audience because, you know, really even a, a small pebble that's dropped in the middle of a, of, of a large body of water creates ripples that eventually reach the shore. So the size of the audience is irrelevant. You start with one person at a time and that person is you. You start by discovering who you are, what you're compelled to do, and you begin putting those pieces in place to share your what with others. Because really, as Andrea Robinson says, who's one of my coaching clients in the Circle of Ten, she says that it took me 60 years to realize that I am the solution to someone else's problem. Mm. Reality is you are the solution to someone else's problem. The world is waiting for you. God bless. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much. Best wishes to you and your book. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Did you enjoy the interview with Steve Ulcher? Steve loves it when you tweet to him, Lenny Kravitz rocks. Steve's Twitter is at Steve Ulcher. The show will never be royal if you don't subscribe. iTunes hates on us. 
If we can't create some kind of buzz, could you be a reviewer? I will call you Queen Bee. Start the doubts will rule. If you leave a rating. Okay, I'm no lord. But you are considered royals when you head over to iTunes to leave a rating interview, which, of course, greatly increases the visibility of the podcast. Please consider doing a search for Starve the Doubts in iTunes. Remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. Thank you for the consideration. You are living that fantasy. Keith Griffiths is living that fantasy. He has created a platform for you and I to create online courses very easily. I strongly encourage you to pay attention to what Keith is up to over at ifsimply.com. I'm planning to create a course at ifsimply.com. How about you? The site is launching soon, so check it out. Huge announcement. Drum roll, please. I am extremely honored to be speaking on a panel at New Media Expo with John Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. Rick Mulready from the Inside Social Media Podcast, and Eric Fisher from the Beyond the To-Do List Podcast. I hope that you're planning to attend New Media Expo in January in Las Vegas at the Rio Casino. Some of you will remember Dustin Hartzler from YourWebsiteEngineer.com. He was the guest of the show on episode 35. Dustin and I are planning a breakfast meetup on Saturday morning, January 4th, before the kickoff of New Media Expo. If you're planning to attend NMX, please consider joining Dustin and I for our breakfast meetup. You can RSVP by going to starvethedoubts.com slash meetup. Again, starvethedoubts.com slash meetup. I am looking forward to connecting with you at New Media Expo in January. Are you planning to attend NMX in January? If so, open up your email and type NMX in the subject line and send a blank email to jaredeasley at gmail.com. Peter Billingham has agreed to perform an interpretive dance for the 10th person who sends an email. Thank you, Peter, from peterbillingham.com. In the meantime, always treat others the way that they want to be treated. Always do your best and remember to starve the doubts. The path that I had forged was not uh, going to empower me to impact in a, in a meaningful way not only those who share this lifetime with me, but also those of lifetimes to come.